The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Wednesday, the 19th of July. I'm Michael Bailey, and today we're asking... Why was yesterday such a bad day for Chelsea? Fafana's just a blow in general. He had a very injury-plagued first season at the club, and now he doesn't even get to, well, possibly not even kick a ball this season. What did Tottenham look like under Ange Postacoglu? And it worked reasonably well, in the sense that they created a lot of chances, it looked reasonably fluent, it was just defensively where, again, there were issues. And with Fabinho and Jordan Henderson weighing up offers from the Saudi Pro League, how should Liverpool replace them? After looking at the data, basically was ready for Liverpool to, well, to go and meet him at the airport to drive him to the training ground and get him to sign. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Michael Bailey. We start with Chelsea, where it was a particularly tough Tuesday. Brighton turned down their bid worth £70 million or $92 million for Ecuadorian midfielder Moises Casado. Both clubs are currently in the USA for their pre-season preparations and due to play each other, which may make for an interesting week or so. Then Chelsea confirmed that 22-year-old defender Wesley Fofana has undergone reconstruction surgery on an ACL injury that could keep him out for the entire season. Joining us is our Chelsea expert, Simon Johnson. Simon, Fofana's injury looks like another blow to a squad that is starting to look a little light. Well, yes and no, Michael. Um, <laughs> there's there's players that weren't even uh, taken on the American tour. No, Fafana's just a blow in general. I mean, he he had a very injury plagued first season at the club, having joined for sixty nine point five million last year from Leicester, and now he doesn't even get to well, possibly not even kick a ball this season. Pochettino was asked about it in his first pre-match press conference out in America and, and he said look well hopefully he'll kick a ball again this season but Chelsea are now going to have to plan pretty much without him and with Badia Shield also not on the tour due to injury the centre-back position does come under some scrutiny but Levi Colwell a player that, that there's a lot of scrutiny over Brighton want him Liverpool want him well Chelsea are in no position to sell They shouldn't sell him anyway, but they really are in no position to sell him to anybody because they need him on the pitch because they don't have many centre-backs left. No, quite. And they're also trying to recruit for midfield, obviously. There's still no breakthrough in trying to sign Moises Casado. Will they keep trying to get him? Yes. Yes, I I think this, as David Ornstein reported, the £70 million bid, I think this is very much an opening gambit. Coincidentally, the two clubs play each other this weekend in a friendly, well, who knows whether it be friendly or not. Depends how the discussions go, I suppose. But I, I very much expect a compromise at some point. Look, Brighton, understandably, they're using the Declan Rice transfer fee to Arsenal as a benchmark. Chelsea, are understandably, are very reluctant to go that high. So I think there'll be some kind of compromise. Casado's made it pretty clear he wants to go to Chelsea. Mark Cucurello, again, referring to the pre-match press conference out in America, Basically, he's come out and said, yes, I know he wants to come. Casado's pretty much said that as well in an interview a couple of days ago. I think when, once you get to this position with a player, you, you just feel it's just a matter of time. But Brighton will, will stick to their guns uh, for sure. They'll, they'll want as much money as possible and, and understandably so. 
And finally, I want to say that the good news is that Romelu Lukaku has returned to training, but I'm not necessarily sure it is. Is there any way back for him at Chelsea? No. (laughs) Well, a famous last word, there shouldn't be. No one wants it to be. He doesn't want it. Chelsea don't want it. This is very much the worst case scenario for all concerned that Lukaku is back training at Chelsea, training in inverted commas. He's just going through the motions. Obviously, he needs to keep himself a little fit, uh, but but it's obviously to fulfil the terms of his contract. He doesn't want to fine although he can certainly afford to pay it. But it's it's all about trying to trying to give him time to organise this move. Of course, Inter Milan seems to have broken down. His flirtation with Juventus has upset them. Saudi Al-Hilal is very much sort of there lurking with intent. He he doesn't seem to want to go to Saudi, but if they're the ones that, that pay him the money, then maybe money will talk as it often does in this game. Also out in the US right now is David Ornstein, who caught up with DC United manager and former England striker Wayne Rooney, who is also coaching an MLS All-Stars team against Arsenal tonight. Here's what he had to say about his former club, Manchester United. Harry Kane would be the the ideal player for me to to go and join Manchester United. And it looks like it's very difficult. It looks like he's been held as a prisoner prisoner at Tottenham. (laughs) It looks very difficult for him to get out of there. But if Manchester United had Harry Kane, then I think that gives their chances of, of going to win and, and, and compete, um, make that a lot easier and better. So, um, But whether that happens um, remains to be seen. Wayne Rooney definitely making a joke there. Speaking of Harry Kane, we head to Australia next, where Tottenham were beaten 3-2 yesterday in a friendly with their Premier League London rivals West Ham. It was the first public outing of Spurs under their new manager, Ange Postacoglu, as they prepare for the new season. And our Spurs expert, Charlie Eccleshare, was at Perth's Optus Stadium to watch the action. So, Charlie, what were the first impressions of the Ange era at Tottenham? Well, the formation and style was more or less as we expected. 4-3-3, Basuma sat in the number six role, fullbacks inverting. And it worked reasonably well in the sense that they created a lot of chances, it looked reasonably fluent. It was just defensively where, again, there were issues. Yeah, I think they had 30 shots to West Ham's four. So, yeah, it wasn't a bad performance. Uh, Kane did play. Uh, he played a half. Uh, the whole team changed at half time. He couldn't really get in the game. He was sat pretty deep and no real update. Ange was asked about it during the press conference yesterday and basically said nothing phases him. He'll, you know, he's going to keep being very professional and while he's there, he's fully committed. How about the new signings? How did James Madison and Mana Solomon get on? And Madison on his debut was fine. Um, looked a little bit rusty. Obviously, he's come back later with the international players. It was Manor Solomon really caught the eye of the, the new boys. Uh, he, he was really good, really direct, really dangerous, got some shots off. Uh, looks like he'll be, yeah, uh, you know, a decent signing for them. And what about West Ham, Charlie? How do they look as they adjust to life after Declan Rice following his £105 million move to Arsenal? West Ham, I mean, they've come here without any of those international players. So they were a little light, but got the win. I mean, they were outplayed for long periods, I'd say, but... Yeah, hard to say without all of those players. Uh, and so, yeah, life after Rice, I think it's just going to come down to how savvy they are in the transfer window, how able they are to respend that money with everyone knowing that they're suddenly pretty flush. 
but yeah, it's going to be a big few weeks then because that's obviously going to leave a huge hole, both in their midfield, but also in the dressing room. To find out more about the new look Spurs, listen and subscribe to our Tottenham podcast, View from the Lane, wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. And finally, Liverpool's summer squad refresh. So far, it's felt like they could lose midfielders as quickly as they have signed them. Earlier in the closed season, World Cup winner Alexis McAllister signed from Brighton and RB Leipzig's Dominic Sosbosley followed him. But then Saudi Arabia came calling and now Fabinho and Jordan Henderson are both weighing up offers that would see them leave Liverpool. Here with us now is Andy Jones. Andy, what is the latest with the likely departures of Fabinho and Henderson to the Saudi Pro League? So it's been a bit of a, a calm after the, the initial storm, really. The situation is, is sort of as it has been for a couple of days now. Al-Azi had of, of tabled a, a £40 million offer for Fabinho and he didn't travel with the, the rest of the squad to uh, Liverpool's training base in Germany for the next step of their pre-season. With sort of positive discussions over personal terms taking place, the decision was made for him to sort of stay behind and Jordan Henderson is sort of on the opposite side in that as, as the Athletic have, have, we've reported he is verbally agreed sort of uh, terms with Al Atifak but the the difficulty on that one is is the fee um, with Liverpool uh, wanting we think upwards of sort of 15 to 20 million pounds where Al Atifak thought that he might get him for free um, and Liverpool have sort of laughed that one off a little bit. You've done a deep data dive with the Athletics football analyst Tom Harris to look at who Liverpool should replace them with. Who stands out? Give me two names. I'd go with Romeo Lavia, who has been sort of widely reported and, and been a Liverpool target sort of all the way through the summer, really. Um, the, the £50 million pound that Southampton appear to be asking for is is a little bit too much of Liverpool's liking, but... You know, in terms of, of attributes, you know, he's a, he's a really good ball carrier and the way he played in a, in a struggling team last season. Um, he came out of the season with a lot of credits, especially given it was you know, he was only 19, first Premier League season. And the other one from looking at the data would be uh, Florentino Luis from Benfica, who I'd not heard loads about, but then after after looking at the data, basically was ready for Liverpool to, well, to go and meet him at the airport, to drive him to, to, to the training ground and get him to sign because it... it Basically, profiles are very, very similar to Fabinho. Very, very active defensively. You know, really strong defensively as well. Um, but also has sort of got the ability to keep the ball moving about, which is which is Fabinho's main job really, and, and sort of facilitating and allowing others around them to do do the main work. So they, they would be they would be my two picks. But also, Liverpool have got a number of other options they are considering. It's time to look at what's on the TV where you are tonight. UK listeners who stay up past their bedtime can watch Wayne Rooney's MLS All-Stars play Arsenal at 1.30 in the morning. It's a more civilised 8.30 on the East Coast. That's on Apple TV. At half past midnight or 7.30 on the East Coast, there's Chelsea versus Wrexham on Viaplay, Chelsea TV or ESPN+. And for the non-night owls, if you've got MUTV, LFC TV or ESPN+, you can watch Johnny Evans' Manchester United. Yes, he's joined them, I know. They play Leon at 2pm UK time. Or there is Liverpool, who face Karlsruhe at 5.30pm. That's all from us. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe. And if you could drop us a review, that would be great too. I'm Michael Bailey and I will be back with you again tomorrow for the Daily Football Briefing. The Athletic.